and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. Chelsea ease past Arsenal with relative comfort, I'm going to say, into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup thanks to goals from Sophie Ingle and Sam Kerr in a 2-0 win at Kings Meadow, setting Chelsea up nicely for a Continental Cup final against Arsenal next week. I'm your host, Jessica Humphreys, joined today by Nick Villaney. Nick, how are you doing? Was this the better of the two games you've watched this morning? It certainly was. Yeah. yeah thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, hoping we can bring uh, Nick some cheer because uh, I only watched the first 50 minutes of the men's game, but I think that was the right decision. Mia Erickson, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I, I didn't watch uh, two games at the same time. I only watched uh, the Chelsea game where Chelsea won. So yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. And I've got some general advice for anyone who maybe did watch the Spurs game instead of this one. Just cut your losses at this point. Like, yeah. come to the the dark side. We have wins and goals, so <laughs> this is the this is the place. General to be. excitement and passion and energy. Yeah, it's 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 nice. Yeah. Well, listen. At least someone. At least some people are doing good things at the club. It's always nice to have, you know, a little bit of a, a hope across your weekend. Um, I, guys, what did you think generally about this match, Nick? I'll, I'll come to you first. I feel like. Do you think it's fair when when I kind of like walk away from this and felt like that was fairly comfortable or am I being Chelsea pilled by thinking that? I think I was more on like, you know, it, it was it was a pretty even game you know, to me. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Chelsea, obviously, once you get the goal, you have to go chasing against Chelsea, which leaves you exposed. And that's how we got the second one uh, through some bad play. So, you know, I think in that way, Chelsea did control the game because they got the first goal and then we're you know, on relative cruise control, but it wasn't the epic beat down that we've seen Chelsea uh, level against Arsenal in the past either. You know, if we're just being honest about it, I think there was some post international break rust uh, across the board. And I don't know why this happens to Chelsea and, and Arsenal where we end up playing each other right after a huge break and, you know, the teams aren't settled and whatnot, but it seems like we play each other all the time after these situations. It just is super frustrating to me. Yeah, I think this is actually, like, it feels like the third game in a row because I think, obviously, the league game in January and I believe the FA Cup semi-final was also after an international break last season, so it, it is a lot. But, um, me, I think generally Chelsea dealt with all of the that tiredness and, and maybe having a slightly thinner bench than usual pretty well. I think I've seen Chelsea come with a lot worse performances after an international break. Yeah, I think so too. And actually, I... this some glimpses from the I, I know maybe you guys didn't watch that game but the best game from the international break for me was Norway against France <laughs> there was there was the hipster's some, choice <laughs> yeah because it was some glimpses of that fast and furious uh, play uh, from that game uh, into this because I thought like the first 10 minutes uh, Arsenal kind of kicked off and I was ready to okay they are here to play football today but then uh, what usually happens is that Chelsea get, gets a chance to score and they score. Uh, the women's team, that is. Um, so I thank, feel like... Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> yeah. Really, really <laughs> needed that right it. now, yeah. <laughs> I feel sometimes you have to be clear of what, if you're talking about men's football or women's football. Not my fault, by the way. But but uh, yeah, that, that was my take from it. But I do think that this was probably one of the better, better performances from the women's team after uh, an international break. Like... Uh, from what we have seen before. So I'm I'm satisfied. Yeah, and I definitely think Chelsea are a team who you can always rely on to find that extra inch in a cup game, I think, to find that extra bit of energy where maybe in some, some league games when we show up, it feels a bit like more of a drag. And I feel like the, the team generally looked a lot more up for this than Arsenal definitely for later bits of the game anyway um let's go with a quick three word match review um i don't think we got any from the wider world apologies for that there was a three word match review but when i just clicked on it it seemed to be you know expletives um so i think it wasn't aimed at us um (laughs) yeah yeah. so nick i'll come to you first uh what, what are you going with for your three word match review i went with lj the conductor Uh, I thought that Lauren James was excellent again today and really helped to orchestrate the performance. 
yeah, I love that. And also, like, that's great if she's looking for a superhero name. Um, I feel like we could get some art going around that. Yeah, that's the next. That's a merch idea. Next t-shirt. Um, Mia, what what are you going for? Three or match for you? Yeah, this is gonna sound boring, but I was like, uh, LJ makes difference. That was my just I love take it. from it. Yeah, yeah, it was because accurate. That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Perfect. Uh, I'll go with Sam scores goals because we must pay tribute and we will a little bit later on in the episode to Sam Kurt scoring on her 100th appearance. Just the 82 goals in that time. I think she might be quite good at football. Um, We are, of course, talking about the game against Arsenal that took place today, Sunday the 26th February, in the FA Cup at Kings Meadow. 2-0 win for Chelsea. Goals from Sophie Ingle in the 21st minute and Sam Kerr in the 56th. Uh, sending Chelsea through to the quarterfinals. Um, Nick, just start by by running us through this Chelsea eleven. Yeah, a little bit different coming after the the international break. We got AKB in goal. Um, so I guess she's our cupkeeper now. Is that the significance of this? Uh, who knows? Really, with Emma, uh, we have Eve Paraset running uh, back at, at right back. We have Millie Bright and Magda Eriksson. Uh, resuming a center back partnership and making Jesse feel all the warm fuzzies uh, because that's that's what we've talked about in the past. And then Neve Charles at left back, a midfield pairing, of course, of Sophie Ingle and Aaron Cuthbert, who was also excellent today, and a uh, kind of an interchangeable front three or, or midfield three of, of Lauren James, uh, Chankovic, and Gura Wrighton with, of course, goal scorer Sam Kerr up top. And they were matching up with a, with an Arsenal side, which I think sadly wasn't the back three that I really, really wanted us to get the opportunity to play against. Um, but they're pretty standard. Zinsberger and goal, Rafael and Lee Williamson, centre-back, Steph Catley on the left, Lara Wienreuter on the right. Midfield three of Kim Little, Leah Volte, Frieda Marnham, and up front, Caitlin Ford, Sheena Blackstonius, and Katie McCabe. Um, Mia... Obviously, we knew coming back from the international break that, uh, you know, Jesse Fleming and Khadija Buchanan had kind of come back late. Um, so we probably weren't going to get to see them. Frank Kirby's still out. Um, but do you kind of feel like this is a cup team? Is, if this is just who was available? Or do you think this like tells us anything more that we didn't already know maybe about how Emma sees certain players? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, maybe. But... Um... I'm actually not sure. I, I do think that speaking about cup game, it's Arsenal. And I mean, Chelsea wants to beat beat Arsenal. Um, the thing is that uh, if we're going to speak about the defensive backline, is that Magda did a very good game uh, against Germany. Uh, I think we saw some of that today. If you watched the German game, you probably saw a lot of that coming out from her today as well especially her aerial defense and her left uh, go long foot to Guru Reiten down the flank. Very accurate sometimes. I do think, I mean, Buchanan, Bright, Magda, they are all great center backs. And I would be like, this is going to be a very interesting uh, thing to watch how how it turns out um, now. For the rest of the season, because I do think I'm like you there uh, with the uh, Millie Bright and Magda Eriksson <laughs> coupling together. Um, I was like, yeah, finally, it felt like safe in some way. But then you can say that if you've always played safe, what do you get? Like you need to take some risks sometimes. Um, so I do think that this was probably I was actually more surprised of the fact that Sam Kerr played for that many minutes like because that that to me I always feel like I'm I'm getting worried about okay everyone else is getting injured when is it gonna happen and that's not a nice feeling to have if you know what I mean um so I'm I'm more with that but I do think that I was not surprised by by this starting lineup as well and it was Arsenal so I don't see it as a cup cup lineup yeah I I don't either I mean you might be able to make the case for for Berger in goal, but the rest of this lineup is is tier one A stuff. I mean, it's you know, sure you you might not have Buchanan who who would be preferred as a center back, but Sophie Engel and Aaron Cuthbert, are, that's your starting midfield typically. Lauren James, Trankovic, and and Wrighton, 
are playing quite frequently. And I know we have some conversation about Chankovic coming up anyway, but this is, this is, you want to beat Arsenal, the lineup, you know, I, like, I don't, I don't know what else to do with it, you know? <laughs> I love that. You want to be Arsenal the lineup. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because we've talked a lot on the pod already about the ridiculous run of fixtures Chelsea have got coming up, and every game is going to be you want to be X the lineup. So I, I feel like we're going to be seeing quite a lot of these players, and I totally agree with Mia, like the Sam Kerr thing. I wasn't surprised she played. I wasn't surprised she played the whole game, but she's a machine, man. Like I don't know how she does this. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but there's like there's nothing. There's no one else really to play there. Like, I mean, I still think maybe at some point we'll see potentially LJ as a nine or something like that. But right now, I think it's Sam Kerr or Bust. Really. Um, quick look at the stats. Uh, which I mean, I've got some things to say about these. So Chelsea had seven shots to Arsenal's twenty, three on target to Arsenal's eleven. That might sound like Arsenal had loads of amazing opportunities. That would be a lie because at least five of those shots on target were just catching practice for AKB. And I have seen Arsenal fans, Arsenal journos suggesting that it it just shows that I don't know that Arsenal played a really good game, and I just don't think that was true. Um, fifty percent. 57% possession for Arsenal, 43% for Chelsea, uh, six Chelsea fouls, five Arsenal ones, a yellow card a piece, three offsides each, two corners, two Arsenal's seven. Um, Nick, I've obviously just done my little shot rant, but I guess it kind of like all, all of this shows that the game was pretty much even, right? Yeah, it, it felt that way. And again, like I think you'll probably get a better indication of where these two teams are next Sunday. Right. You know, in a cup final after they've had a week of training to, you know, kind of get back into a groove. Uh, it, it is a little surprising to see Chelsea only have 43 percent possession at home. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at, you know, maybe something that stands out here. Um, but, you know, again, it's just what you do with your chances. You know, we, I, I've just watched a month worth of the men's team not take a single chance that they've had. And then I watched Chelsea's women's team have three chances and score two of them. So it's just completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, definitely a... I guess the possession thing, I think, comes from a game state thing. And I think lots of the, these stats come from the fact that, you know, by 60 minutes, Chelsea kind of felt like they'd wrapped the game up. But we are going to talk about all of that in a little bit more detail after this ad break. So Mia, I'll come to you first because because you kind of talked before about how, you know, after international breaks and some of these games, I think especially between Chelsea and Arsenal, it feels like matches have been kind of one-sided and actually kind of one-sided towards Arsenal, even though Chelsea have a pretty good record against them. Um, I feel like Arsenal in the past have caught us out with fast starts. But I think aside from maybe like the first five minutes, this was like a really intriguingly even first half, I'm going to say, maybe first half hour, where it felt like Chelsea had 10 minutes, Arsenal had 10 minutes, they were kind of like really warming up to each other. Yeah, I think so too. And it's probably just because we also know uh, unconsciously that Arsenal has problems to score at the moment. So I do feel in that case, when if, it, if I'm just going by, by the feeling, I was never worried for Chelsea, if that makes sense even if Arsenal had a couple of good opportunities to actually score. But you you could... I actually told myself before the game, I'm not even worried that Chelsea is going to lose this one. Uh, it's just a feeling, you know, when 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 a team is in a streak like, like that and you're in this flow that if we get the opportunity to score, we are going to score. And then about the possession uh, in percentage, I do think that this is how Chelsea wants to play. They want to play exactly like this. They got Arsenal to where they wanted uh, in every way of the pitch. And you could see that it was very frustrating for, for Arsenal, uh, especially at the end of the game. And I do think that this is how Chelsea wants to play Arsenal. They want to, to get them frustrated. They know that... I mean, obviously, also, I, I, I'm going to say this now, that I do think that it's very worrying uh, that Arsenal don't get um, Stina Blackstenus in, in the scoring mode 
because I, I do think that this is this is what Chelsea has and what Arsenal have doesn't have. So this is the difference. Two great teams, obviously, can come in with a tactical plan, follow the plan. They have enough good players to to make it, but you have to score. Um, and this is where where these two teams are getting separated at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, honestly, I could spend so long unpacking what the hell I think Arsenal are doing but that is for a different time and a different yeah. uh, podcast but there are lots of like strange question marks over that team I think right now um I I hope that they have I'm I'm gonna say this this very humbly at the moment like I'm being humble saying this but I hope that they have a good sport psychologist uh, <laughs> in Arsenal at the moment because this is about performing when you need to perform this is where Chelsea has no problem uh, and this is where Arsenal's all problems uh, lie at the moment okay yeah and it's actually actually really interesting that you say that I think about about the psychology because uh, Nick I want to talk about the kind of goalkeeping situation and goalkeeping because I feel like in that first half I was behind the opposite goal so I'm gonna rely on a little bit on how you felt about that but I've watched some of the chances back and there was some really good saves from AKB there's the early one from the Frieda Monum shot the one where she really gets down in, in front of Caitlin Ford's like what would have been a tap in for me it feels like just a, you know where we're talking about Millie and Magda as like just like oh AKB is like that for me as well like just I believe that she's gonna pull out the world-class save and Hope Powell asked Emma Hayes on the BBC after the game about the, the Chelsea goalkeepers. And, and Emma said, I think it's clear Berger's experience sets her apart, but I'm very fascinated in serial winning and you have to develop players. Developing Musevich in this period was something that I wanted to do as we have with other players. Which I think is really interesting, right? This idea that like talent is one thing, but like that mentality and like, to to do everything to put your body on the line i feel like that's something that we saw akb really really do today yeah i mean it wouldn't surprise you to see her back in goal as the competition ratchets up through the end of the season right i mean the experience is super important and i mean first of all just what a luxury you have as emma hayes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be able to juggle goalkeepers, not really drop any results and get people experience along the way and, you know, sit Lauren James out for a year only for her to come back and uh, be absolutely on fire this season. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a clear and direct plan though. Right. I mean, she's, she's set out to do a thing. She's done it. And now she has two goalkeepers with experience to head into a final stretch. So if one of them gets hurt or one of them drops, form or whatever, there's another option there to kind of carry you across the line. I mean, I I look at AKB as probably the choice that I would make if I was in that position, just because I think uh, you you probably get some more of the reaction type saves that you you need against teams that are going to have more pops at goal, right? I mean, Arsenal had 11 shots on, on target today. Not all of them caused AKB to do a hell of a lot, of course, but yeah, I mean, that first save that she made is a huge save. I mean, it's it's a big one, right? They score that early in the game, the trajectory changes completely. So I I look at that as kind of like a steady pair of hands uh, through the end of the year. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And then, Mia, it's been interesting. I, I want to get your perspective while you're on on Musevich, even though, you know, it's obviously a bit separate from this game. But um, I know, like, she started in that Sweden game against Germany, right? Um, and it's been an interesting kind of, period of time for her at the club obviously starting more games she played in the the Arsenal Emirates game signing that new contract um do you how important do you think it is that you know she's getting the minutes but also she's she's got that competition with AKB well I actually I I thought about it like when she was in the goal uh against Germany that we've seen her in in goal now uh when Chelsea has played Arsenal PSG Real Madrid um, and she has um, been in, in goal for Sweden in a couple of important games too. And the thing is that I think I was kind of disappointed after the German Germany game because she didn't have much to do. Germany like, okay, two shots. Uh, I'm not even sure they were on target, if I'm going to be honest. But And then I was thinking that, okay, that 
has kind of happened against PSG and Real Madrid as well in Chelsea. But then if, if this keeps happening and we're, we're all about, okay, she's not tested enough yet, but some, it must tell us something that maybe she has this influence that this is what happens when Sestina Musovic is in goal. You don't, you don't get shots <laughs> on target. Who knows? Uh, I'm just throwing that thought in now. Um, but obviously I do think that it was pretty clear for us Swedes when Petty Aradjon chose Jennifer Falk against China and Sechira Musovic against Germany that Sechira is there now. She's there to be the first goalkeeper in the third best ranked um, in the world national team. And that's not bad. And then she's a goalkeeper at Chelsea. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's exciting. I definitely think there's like a lot more to come from Musevic and it is easy to forget kind of her age. And when you look at a, the development of AKB's career, for example, and how long it took her to get to like the highest level, as it were, um, I think that's like a important thing to remember. Um, but let's talk about the first goal. Um, this is just like... LJ being a superstar kind of in the lead up to it right and then um a, a tidy little finish from Sophie Ingle um I think she looked a bit surprised it went in Ma I don't really know what Manu, Manu Zinsberger was doing there um she didn't get a very strong hand to it uh but Nick this just seemed to like settle us down yeah it was pretty you know knife edge first you know a little bit there in the first half I mean I it's a good finish. You didn't expect it necessarily to come from from Sophie, um, even though she has scored some really important goals for Chelsea. This it, it kind of felt at that moment like it was a little against the run of play. But I also think, uh, Mia, you brought this up before we started recording. The minute that Lauren James touches the ball, it's like the field freezes for, for some defenders. And I think that was just simply the case. Like they lost all ability to think properly and mark uh, what ended up being an open Sophie Engel in the box. I think that I'm going to say it again now, like I said it before Do we it. started Do to it. go, that it feels <laughs> like, you know, we talk about defenders, they're not going to be ball watchers because that's when everything goes to hell, <laughs> literally. Uh, and this is what happens. We've seen this too many times now, so I'm sure that they were told before by Jonas Edeval to not let Lauren James do that. And yet it happened. I've never seen a backline in Arsenal be so... I mean, they just backed, 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 backed towards the, their own goal and just watched the ball instead of, okay, why aren't anyone doing just something? Uh, but then they scored, Chelsea. So that's what happened. <laughs> Actually, but but it's very. I mean, when you watch that sequence on on television, when Lauren James gets the ball like that, and you just see like it just freezes. Everyone just stands there and watch the good football Lauren James is playing, enjoying it as much as the fans in the stands, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I was um I was at the game with my brother today um because he's an Arsenal fan, so so we went together um uh, but he was talking about how he'd been in the pub with some people who like watched a bit of women's football but like didn't really know that much and then he like got onto Lauren James and literally everyone lit up to like talk about how good <laughs> she is basically um and I feel like every week she just uh shows she gets better and better um I want to talk a bit more about LJ later but I think also it's it's yeah it was interesting to point out that um Arsenal definitely I think struggled with Chelsea's left side that Neve Charles Guru writing combo and I thought it was really weird like how Laura Wienreuter and Leah Williamson were trying to deal with that and I think it says everything about the kind of defense moving back and back that there was one point where Aaron Cuthbert gets through the ball and you've got like Kim Little making this amazing block and it was like quality and obviously like Aaron Cuthbert's a midfielder Kim Little's like kind of marking her but you're just like I don't know if you should be relying on Kim Little to to come in and, and make these challenges, Nick. No, no. I mean, and I, I would just say about Neve, I, I don't think this was Neve's best game in a Chelsea shirt either, uh, which it made it even more puzzling because when you looked at the flow going down that side, like, of course, Guro is, you know, playing at an all-world level right now and, and deserves the sort of respect that, you know, she and, and LJ are getting, but... If you if you looked at how that was in transition going the other way, like they never made us pay for that. 
uh, that sort of like aggressive left side. And I, yeah, it was it was just a very odd situation to see themselves in because they were trying to work through the midfield so much. Arsenal were that they basically it felt like they abandoned the wings at times, which was dumb. Um, but, you know, that's not my job to coach them. So. Yeah, again, I felt like Sophie Ingle was like really a, a standout a player of this match, but mainly because she had loads to do in some ways, but like was quite comfortable just breaking up everything that came through her. Um, yeah, it was Neve was kind of where Arsenal got their most joy, um, especially when Caitlin Ford switched to that side mirror, and and we saw that battle. Um, I'm going to put battle in inverted commas because I think we know who gets the best out of that one at the Emirates. Um, it was renewed for like 10 minutes t- today and then for some reason Jonas didn't persist with it. Um, but that feels like something that Neve Charles still has to to work on, right? I was actually kind of surprised Jess Carter didn't start um, because that kind of... It's not even 1v1, it's almost like her understanding of space behind her. Yeah, I mean, it. like you said, uh, at the Emirates it felt like Arsenal really had fun. Uh, down her side when when pushing her in defense, and I do think that I mean it's it's quite clear now that that Charles has uh, the best abilities going forward with her offensive play. Um, but but yeah, it's kind of funny too because I do think that it, it's weird when a team doesn't take advantage of that. Uh, I am I was quite sure that Arsenal was going to push forward uh, down that side. But it, it seemed like from time to time that they they didn't get things going. And I was like, I watched Lia Velte today quite clear and, and very like also. And you can see that she is, she's not scanning the pitch before she receives. Uh, so Arsenal's game kind of stopped a little bit. So I do think that it was about them getting back in positions uh, in the right moment. Um, so they didn't have that joy down down the right flank because Lea Velte had to turn back. I wouldn't be surprised to see if her progressive passes wasn't weren't that great this game. And I do think that that's that's the position you need to get something out from uh, if you're gonna beat Chelsea. Um, and do it from the flanks uh, with Caitlin Ford. Um, so I think that's that's probably one reason that they didn't get so much joy out of Charles today. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely was surprising. And, you know, they left their young Brazilian winger Gio Quiroz on the bench as well, which was also a bit of a strange choice. But uh, we are going to take another ad break. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this idea that kind of Chelsea were just the more clinical in front of goal. So, Nick, obviously last week, Abdullah and I did a whole episode about number 10s and all the number 10s Chelsea women have. And then I feel like Elena Kangovic maybe listened to that episode. Not that we were rude about her, but like I, I just don't think either of us were like, she's Chelsea's first choice number 10. And I feel like she turned up today and was like, I'm going to do it all. Because the work ethic, the the tackles she was putting in, the blocks, the running the assist for the goal she summed up i think everything good that that chelsea did today you guys didn't see the undershirt that she was wearing which is like <laughs> blue royalty sucks hate these guys you didn't see that okay um no uh yeah look i, I did everything except get the the goal which i think you know on another day probably scores quite easily um on on the on the turnover in the in the final third but yeah, I mean, really ran the game, which was impressive because Arsenal impacted the midfield so tightly that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of room through the middle on that. Uh, so when, when you when you looked, Mia, at her performance today and the fact that she was able to kind of maneuver around the final third so much and cause them so many problems, it, I, I came away very impressed uh, with, with what that could be in, in a cup final maybe next week. I think she did what Leah Veltim didn't. She scanned uh, all the time before she she got the ball. And I do think that the assist that she has provided uh, Sam Kerr with 
and now twice against Arsenal. If any Arsenal fan is listening, you need to remember that stat because that that stat is going to grow, I think. Uh, that you, you can see that she doesn't do anything. I was thinking about that in the beginning of the game when she crossed. I think it was from the from the left flank into the box that you can see that that's a quality cross. Even if no Chelsea player were at the end of it, you could see that this is a quality cross and she always look uh, before she, she does something. Uh, and she knows where the space is uh, even if she doesn't look, if that makes sense also. so And this is, I mean, I'm used to seeing this because I've seen her play for many years here in Sweden and this is, she is the best at it. I know that she sees herself as a hybrid between a number eight and 10. If you were about to ask her that, she she's going to give you that answer. Um, she has a, like, that's a crazy footballing brain in a good way. She thinks about these stuff, these things all the time. And you can see that on the pitch. And she never, it doesn't stress her on the pitch, if that makes sense either. She She's calm because she knows everything before it's going to happen. Yeah, she seems fully in command of what she's doing at all times. And that that's super impressive. And in a big, you know, Derby match in a, in a FA Cup fifth round game or in a cup final coming up next week. So what I'm getting is that if Lauren James is the conductor... Elena Kankovic can be the commander and like we're building our whole Avengers out. Um, but yeah, I, re- I really would like to see her play as an eight. I've kind of got this like midfield fantasy going in my head right now where it's like <laughs> Meli Leupold, Kankovic and Frank Kirby as like a midfield three because I just think that would be really, really sexy. Um, I hope we get to see that at some point <laughs> no in the second half of the season. whatsoever. No Let's defense, just, just vibes. Let's go. Vibes. <laughs> Come on. We've got like another game against Leicester or something we could we could use that for. Um, of course, Kankovic did get the assist for, for Sam Kerr's goal. Uh, 100 games, 82 goals. Mia, she just loves playing against Arsenal. Yeah. And I think Arsenal probably hates her already. Don't know. <laughs> But I mean, like like I said, I, I I've said it before, and I can say it again. I do think that Jelena Chankovic could be as important for Chelsea as Alexia Poteas is for for Barcelona, uh, because that's she is that kind of player. She is that kind of player because she she she's so sure of herself and her abilities. Uh, it's it's like Lauren James. You know that she she's also sure of herself and what she is capable of doing. And players like that, you can see that on the pitch. If they are being allowed to just thrive as themselves fully. Uh, Jesse, I I will I'll make the point on Sam Kerr. Uh, she is now in Drogba territory for me. Like it's in in these. Big, big moments, right? Whether it's a fifth round match or a cup final or a league deciding match against United or whatever. If there is a big moment for her to fill a gap in, she will just fill a gap and she'll make the crucial pass or make, you know, the crucial shot to to help Chelsea win. It is absolutely insane. And uh, yeah, I'm very appreciative that she's on our side. Yeah, a lovely little chip as well for the finish. Like, I mean, the the pass through is great, but and we've seen Sam Kerr like run through in that position so many times for Chelsea. Um, but you know, take nothing away from from how easy she makes that look. Uh, yeah, um, West Ham massive singing even with jet lag, she's better than you, which <laughs> I very much enjoyed. Um, just some quick numbers from from Harry Edwards, uh, friend of the show at Harry Edwards sixteen. Uh, Sam Kerr's 100 Chelsea games, goals 82, 0.99 per 90, assists 27, 0.33 per 90, match-winning goals 22. Ian Wright, Sam Kerr, ice cold, which, I mean, you know, that's what you want Ian Wright to be saying about you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, So I feel like Joe Zydervel kind of came out after the game and said... It's not normal to have so many goal-scoring opportunities here against Chelsea. I think we created enough in order to win the game, but they are brutally efficient. Hats off to them. We are not. Mia, is is this where you kind of landed in in seeing the game, that the way it played out was that Chelsea took their chances and scored. They've got players like Sam Kerr who 
you know, sometimes she te- she does like to take her chances before she scores, but you know, is that is that just what it comes down to? Uh, yes, I do think that, and uh, I mean, this is this is crazy because I've been thinking about it the last couple of weeks too. I think that Chelsea is probably one of the best teams in Europe right now to be clinical and take their chances, which we can talk about that to the the Champions League games that are coming up the next time because I do feel but, but this is the truth like you you can see many teams uh, top teams in Europe they miss this player that can score when the opportunity comes they don't have the they they create chances but they don't score and we all know that if you don't score you don't win football games and this is Chelsea is one of the best teams in Europe right now uh, doing that so this is what I was saying I mean Arsenal is a great team they play good football. I mean, you want to say the Valley is a is a co- more than competent coach to to make them play good football. Uh, he knows probably how to beat Chelsea. We saw it. They they created opportunities to score today, but they didn't. And for some reason, when you watch the game on TV, I felt I was never never even worried that Arsenal was going to score. It sounds weird because I mean the the pass that Stina Blackstenius served Frida, Leonard and Monum. I mean, that's a tapping. But then you could see that the ball was wobbling. It wasn't a like clear pass and she missed it. And this is where Arsenal is at at the moment and where Chelsea is not. This makes all the difference in the world, I think. Yeah, I mean, for me, Sam Kerr is just like the best striker in the world right now. There's like no competition. Um, so it definitely it definitely does help. Um, but Nick, I also, whilst we're talking about kind of attackers, I, I need to come to you because I feel like you're king of shithousing. And mm. I want to talk a bit about Lauren James because um, not only did she like absolutely smash it today, she also like came with a little 2-0 hand signal to the Arsenal fans. Um, I feel like we saw a whole version of Lauren James, you know? The talent and the shithouse. 21? She's 21 <laughs> right now? I mean, you, you just kind of... You're looking at a player in the ascension, right? Like, she she's making everybody take notice. Has an incredible Arnold Clark Cup Uh last week you know basically gets every accolade blew up twitter during that tournament with her play been doing that all season for chelsea to be fair and then i think shows up today feeling herself uh quite a bit which is natural uh, for someone who's performing at that level and yeah i mean i i think the stuff that makes me smile the most is just her ability to hold the ball and for no one to get close to it I, like she stood there, two players on each side of her, and they couldn't get the ball from her. And then she dribbled out of pressure. It is, it is, I imagine, has to be the most frustrating type of player to come up against where you just know that you have like a 10% chance to get the ball off of her. And that's if you stick your foot in at the exact right moment. And she might be a little uncharacteristically sloppy with the ball or something, but. I mean, what she's doing right now is just insane. And, you know, it, it, credit to Mia for, for saying this earlier, but her ability to freeze people while she's carrying the ball, it, it just opens up everything else. I mean, we're, we're so used to Chelsea having to dribble around, make the perfect pass to score a goal because teams play in these low blocks against us and they're trying to limit, you know, damage. And she's just running through those walls. And it's, it's beautiful to see. Yeah, and I think we saw today like how much she can offer even in a game where she's not doing loads and loads of dribbles, but like kind of what like what you're saying, Nick, it's like everyone's so scared that she is gonna do dribbles. People start freaking out and it opens up space elsewhere. And then even, you know, for Sam's goal, she's the one getting in front of the player to, to win the ball. You know, she's she's using that that physical side of her game that we've seen her do when she barrels past players, Mia, but also to to force turnovers to defend. You know, that was like the big thing. People were saying to me during the Arnold Clark Cup, oh, my worry about Lauren James is that, you know, she doesn't get back enough. And I've been really impressed that she's done that in the England shot. I was like, guys, have you been watching? Like, that's one of the things that's impressed me most about her this season. 
Yeah, I actually think also that's why I said that I do think that LJ today make made the difference because you have Sam Kerr obviously, but the two goals came from Lauren James. Even if Jelena Chankovic made that beautiful assist to Sam Kerr, it was still like Lauren James. If Lauren James hadn't been there, it wouldn't have been a goal like that. Uh, so this is also like you, you have. You have so many teams uh, in Europe and in Arsenal. They play Arsenal today with a bunch of great players uh, that are all capable of scoring, uh, but they don't. And then you have, you can't give like Lauren James your pinky finger because then she'll grab the whole arm. And <laughs> this is what she does at the moment. I do think it's going to be very interesting to see if someone or a team will be able to stop her because it seems like she's she doesn't care. She just strolls down the pitch with the ball and if someone takes a tackle at her, she doesn't even like she doesn't even care. <laughs> and that's pretty scary, I would say, as a defensive midfielder to not even get a reaction from from a forward if you go all in uh, to try and take the ball from them. That's exactly where Emma wants to be, though, right? Like, I think Emma's begging for a team to double or triple team Lauren because she's on such a heater because then you have Chankovic, then you have Sam Kerr, then you have Guru Wrighton, who, you know, again, I think Arsenal paid special attention to Wrighton today uh, as well and still couldn't really get get a full grasp on, on that player right now because she's in such good form. It's That is essentially where, tactically, like, then Emma wins. There is no other way around it because you're you're dedicating one or two people to one person, which leaves the field open. And I think Aaron Cuthbert had a great game, too, because there was so much attention being paid elsewhere. She was just able to kind of run around, recover the ball, distribute. Very easy day for her. Yeah, definitely. I always enjoy the Aaron Kim, like Scottish uh, matchup, but I think Aaron came out on top of that one today. Um so, Nick, let's look ahead a little bit to the, to this Conti Cup final. We are going to do, like, a full preview, but I just want to want to touch on it in this kind of immediate aftermath. Um, Arsenal haven't beaten us since the start of last season. That's five games in a row without victory. Are their heads gone when it comes to this matchup? <laughs> we, we have a big nod from, from Mia. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean... What what annoyed me about the broadcast today uh, in in the states uh, is that they kept just panning over to Arsenal's injured players as if Chelsea doesn't have their own bench of injured players that they're dealing Guys, with. Panila Harder hasn't played for Chelsea for months. Like yeah. people keep telling me, oh, like you're not missing Ballon d'Or nominees. Guys, <laughs> uh, yeah, it 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 honestly frustrated the absolute. I was about to tweet the the commentator today. That was uh, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think clearly, like this is, and it might not be the Arsenal players. I think it might be Jonas um, trying to figure out how to beat Chelsea. When I don't, I don't think Chelsea were particularly spectacular today. Like I think they were certainly you know, serviceable, good, not great. Um, we've seen Chelsea play Arsenal when they're great, and it's a real hammering. You know, it's three nil, it's four nil, it's the FA Cup final from a couple of seasons ago, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean. I would rather be Chelsea heading into this matchup, Mia. I, I think I think we might have the mental edge. I do think so. Uh, what also sets Chelsea apart from Arsenal at the moment is that if Arsenal is going to beat Chelsea, they will have to play because they don't have these all-round players, if that makes sense. Like Stina Blackstenius, she's not an all-round striker. That that I mean, she's not going to score if she doesn't get the ball where she is. Uh, the best and they are not capable of of doing that at the moment and it's the same with Caitlin Ford but then you see Chelsea's front four I would say Uh, then you can see that they can do all of these things so if Arsenal is going to beat Chelsea uh, in a cup final um, that's next they will have to work on so many things I don't even know where to start uh, and Chelsea will have to have a really bad day at the office. And for sure, I can see that happening at the moment. So, Yeah, the only thing that worries me, Nick, is I'm getting a bit of deja vu 
because this is exactly how I felt before Manchester City last year. And then we lost. <laughs> how do we avoid that happening again? Yeah, I mean, I think the start of today's game kind of provides a roadmap, right? I mean, it, it was a little bit topsy-turvy at the beginning, but Chelsea held their nerve and just kind of were patient um, because, you know, again, the, the odds of Chelsea scoring in a match are very high, right? And, you know, it's it kind of feels like, you know, Arsenal have to do something extraordinarily right to score, uh, which they almost did uh, twice. But that was, you know, again, just didn't happen. So I think just maintaining calm at the beginning of the match is going to be critical. Like, I know Chelsea scored first last year and then gave up two goals late. And that's how, you know, the, the match went. But I, I think if Chelsea do what they do, you know, keep calm, either going up or scoreless at half that Sam Kerr is inevitable. Like, that's... <laughs> kind of where where I leave that one so just don't go out and act crazy at the beginning of this match don't go in full full-blooded just make sure that you're calm and controlled and that when you do get a chance to break that you break efficiently you know I think it would be fine yeah and I'm looking forward to getting to play on a Premier League standard pitch I think that might make a little bit of extra difference um when it comes to this one (laughs) no no shade it at the other at the other field, huh? No. Oh my god. I it's one of the worst pitches I've ever seen, truly. Um I mean I, I went to Selhurst Park earlier in the season and their pitch looked lovely. Um all right, let's let's wrap up for this today. I got one quote from Tom Gary, which I think is important to throw in. Uh, he asked Emma Hayes about Frank Kirby, because she obviously wasn't in the squad today and how her injury is looking. She came off in the West Ham game before the international break. Emma said, don't know at the moment. She had an injection. We'll wait for that to settle down. We might know more in the middle of next week. So I wouldn't be banking on seeing much or any of her at the Conti Cup final. Um, But to wrap up this one, uh, Mia, I'm going to come with you first on your player of the match call. Oh, this is a hard one today, I think. (laughs) Um, Sophie Ingle. Sophie Ingle. Oh, yeah. Left field. Yeah. Yeah. This is like picking France Norway as the best game of the international Uh, rank. I mean, it is. I think, yeah, I'm going to go with that because, I mean, obviously the the front players are are great, but I do think, I mean, I kind of like that she popped up to take the opportunity to score a goal. Yeah. I agree. And I thought she did very well in midfield. Nick, who are you going for? Yeah, I, th- I think it was between Lauren and, and Yelena. I, I think it's Lauren. Um, it, it's just, there's too much. There's there's too much from like a body of work perspective in this game with the way that she recovered and set up those chances for me to kind of ignore her. So Lauren James. And I will go. So we've all got three different ones, but this is who I picked anyway with uh, Jelena Chankovic because I just thought, she did everything really, really well um, in a role that she's not really had a huge amount of minutes in, um, which I thought was great to see. Sam Kerr is running away with the votes, which is fair enough, uh, really. Um, I can never I can never do down a Sam Kerr uh, down on the match award. Um, but yeah, she's running away with 70% of the vote on Twitter right now. Um, so coming up for Chelsea, uh, Conti Cup final, as we've been talking about, uh, it's the rematch. A game so good they're playing it twice. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Nick, you're going to be there. Yeah, we're going to see each other. Um, so after exciting. you're done running your, your marathon and or whatever else you do. You just crazy a half, person. just a half. Don't just, worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're going to be there. We got a, we got a group coming. It's going to be fun. Have some beers before. Hopefully have some celebratory beers and, and maybe a little bit of live recording after. You know, that's what we do. So, yeah, let's see. Let's hope. Uh, very excited to get to see a team in Chelsea uh, actually get a score goals. That's uh, that's pretty fun. The other two games may not be as fun. So <laughs> don't yeah. jinx it. <laughs> yeah, There's still well, room for it all to go horribly wrong. Knocking um, on wood as we speak. There we go. <laughs> yeah. After that, Chelsea have got Brighton at home, United at home. There will be the FA Cup quarterfinal on the 19th. Unclear when the draw is. No one seems to know when the draw is right now. Uh, we will find that out for you and tell you once we know. Uh, you'll probably find out before we record. Uh, and then Leon away and City away. Mia, how are you feeling? Uh, we've been asking everyone this, but how are you feeling about this run of fixtures just to finish us off? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's a great run of fi- fixtures uh, because that means we're going to see great football. That's 
one side of it. Uh, <laughs> the other side, like yeah, but the other side of it is that I'm I'm thinking that even though obviously it's a tough schedule uh, in England, like domestic football, I can't wait for the Lyon games because I do think that this is where Chelsea has to show that they are one of the best teams in Europe. It's a, it's a massive game. Uh, so I'm, I mean, yeah, United, City, Arsenal, but hey, come on, Chelsea have beaten them many times. They can do it again and again and again and again. But yeah. I love just the smile you elicited from Jesse. Like, yeah, no, keep going. Um, <laughs> we have been those teams a lot of times. It's I, true. <laughs> I, I, I will say, though, you'd rather go into that Lyon match having played Arsenal twice, United, and having City sandwiched in between the two fixtures than having played bottom-of-the-table teams in the in the WSL. I mean, I you need to be battle-tested at that point. You know, it's going to be you know, potentially one of the hardest fixtures that Chelsea could play this season. Uh, you know, the both legs is going to be incredibly difficult and you're playing the the reigning European champions. So this is, uh, you know, where you'd rather be. You got to play these matches. You're going to have to play someone tough at some point to win anything. So, uh, yeah, big, big, big month ahead. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting. And it would be nice if the course FA Cup quarterfinal could maybe be not a United or a City, so <laughs> let's just cross our okay. fingers yeah. on that one. All right, Nick, Mia, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate uh, you giving up time to come on the show. We'll be back in midweek with a full preview of that Conti Cup final and then obviously a review, hopefully, with a few celebratory pints in us. Until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.